Welcome in to the Soren Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Braden, and as always, I am joined by that pineapple who's still up north. It is getting warmer up here in the northern, northeastern side of Idaho. Alan, how are you doing today? Well, I'm actually doing pretty well. Um, it's just another it's the weekend. Great that we get to talk sports like always, especially knowing, getting the reminder that I need a haircut is very important so i'm gonna try to do that next week but i might even wait one more week and then cut it so but other than that it's been it's been great a little bit busy at work but can't can't complain about it it's just trying to get one step at a time that's all (laughs) i mean that's all you can do right (laughs) yeah so uh but yeah we got we got quite the topic going for us today um you and I won't see eye to eye on it, and that's okay. But yeah. uh, <laughs> let's uh, let let's uh, introduce said topic to the people. Um, what are we going to be talking about today? Yes, definitely. Okay, so this happened this week, Tuesday, and we had our the NBA announced the winner of the Most Valuable Player Award. The finalists were Giannis Antetokounmpo. From the Bucks and from Greece, Joel Embiid from the Philadelphia 76ers and of Cameroon, and Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets and of Serbia. And the winner who they announced was, he won it the second time in a row, Nikola Jokic. And, and to be honest, it took me a week to process this, and I, I'm just, and I'm still processing it because I don't know how did that happen. What do you mean you don't know how that could happen? He was clearly the best player on the yeah, court this year. I, I'm okay. Here's, <laughs> and then I wanted to transition just to start and then talk about our thoughts our opinions, but I would say he won it for the second time. Only a handful of players have done that before. Uh, we've, we've seen Steve Nash do it in 05, 06, Tim Duncan, 02 or 03, Michael Jordan, Tim Duncan. Uh, we've seen LeBron as well, only five or six. Giannis as well. Who? Giannis. Oh, Giannis, thank you. I forgot Giannis. I can't forget about him. So pretty much six or seven players. There may be more that have repeated as MVPs. Pretty sure MJ won a few back to back. Yeah, MJ, yeah, Larry Bird, that's another one I forgot. I think Magic did that as well. Kareem. I could be wrong, but those that I mentioned, they've done it before. Right. And you know, before we get into, you know, the fun debate we're about to have with it all, I think it's important to remember it, it's not that often we see players get an MVP trophy back-to-back in any sport, really, mm-hmm. um, let alone in a small market, small to medium market in set sport, and let alone, you know, someone who it was drafted in the second round. Yeah. Like you don't see that very often. Most of your back-to-back MVPs were first round draft picks. Nikola Jokic, 
second round draft pick, has won back-to-back MVPs. And he was deserving of both of them, if you ask me. And so, and that's, you know, the important thing is he's joined this pantheon of very important NBA uh, personalities, um, players who have changed the way we view the game. I mean, we have MJ, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Kobe got a couple back-to-back, but I don't know. He only did one? Yeah. So we know LeBron got some. We got Giannis. I mean, for the past four years, it's been Giannis, and then it's been Nikola Jokic. And so for the past four years, the MVP winner has been international. And that's really cool when you think about how far the game of basketball has really come. Yes, I definitely do agree with that. Like, it shows how basketball is continuing to grow and and really it will continue to grow everywhere. Like we've seen it, how obviously Europe is predominant in that, but also Africa has come along a little bit, little by little. Asia is they want to get into it as well. They've been in the mix before. So is that's what it comes down to. It's all about, as we talked about, the development of players coming from different nations that they want to prove now it's like they want to prove themselves like, hey, like our country knows how to develop and produce players. It, it They really do. And, you know, we, we look at, you know, just how many players have won MVPs in any sport from around the world. And it's surprising how many have. But it's also really cool to see in the best league in the world for that sport for the past four years, yes, they've been back-to-back for both players, but for the past four years, someone from a different country other than the United States winning that MVP award. And that is really cool. And like you said, Alan, it's really cool that these European countries are showing off, you know, that their development of the game in their home, home countries. I mean, if it were the 90s, you know, even with the Dream Team, the U.S. would always have a pretty good shot to win the gold in the Olympics for the event of basketball mm-hmm. because not really many other countries played it. But now it's like this worldwide game, and everyone from around the world is playing it. We've talked about it. Um, and so for the fact that people, someone from Greece and from Serbia have won the last four MVP awards, that's something you don't want to skip over. And it just if you're looking for a reason to get into the NBA, I would say that's probably the reason is yeah there's not it's not necessarily just an american game anymore and that's a really cool thing i agree with that and i also love that our finalists were international it was amazing it shows how far the game of basketball has come and i won't be surprised if next year that happens again yeah no i wouldn't be too surprised either i mean joel Embiid, he's from cameroon africa and that's yeah. really um exciting he's center like all so let's take about let's for there's cool two things i think are really cool about this number one the they were all centers essentially Giannis atentacumpo he's a center on the bucks was power forward but can play center yes yeah he he can play any position well they any of these players can really play any position but they're essentially either power forwards or centers that's usually Mm -hmm. what they're playing um, and so we look at all three, and that's their position. 
the rise of the power forward center, big the big man essentially, yeah. is all but complete, I would say, at this stage. I mean, for the past four years, the big man has won the, the MVP award. And so and then you add on the fact for the past two years, at least two of the three finalists have been from abroad. Last year, LeBron was in the top three. I argue he probably shouldn't have been in the top three based on the year he had last year. But oh, I agree with that, yeah. But it is LeBron. He's like one of those players like in baseball, Mike Trout or Shohei Otani, where he's always going to be in that MVP talk yeah. the entire season. So it is what it is. But last year, I'd argue he shouldn't even been put in that caliber of discussion based on what he, the year he was having. Mm-hmm. But he's still a phenomenal player. So he, I, I get why he was up there. But for the past through two years, at least two of the three finalists from abroad, not not American, yes. but by birth. And then you yeah, add cool. on to the fact that right. they're both centers, power forwards. That that just makes it even better because when you think of MVPs, Alan, I generally will think of the scores, the ones that are like your point guard, your wing. Um, any other of your guards, you don't necessarily think of your forward, your power forward, or your center as being that MVP talk person mm-hmm. on your team. Yeah, and it's kind of like how before basketball was built. You always built around the big man. That's how it's always been. And then a change started like, oh, you got to be like Steph Curry. You got to have guys that can shoot, like a guy who can shoot, spread the floor, a big man. It's going to be a liability on that. But I think now with the big man, it's like, I'm still going to be a big man. But I'm like, let me add the elements of the shooting, the ball handling, the passing on the perimeter. I would say it has evolved from, like, when I first watched basketball with with Shaq. Like, I'm going to be in the paint, and I'm going to dominate in the paint, which that's how I grew up playing basketball. That's how I was taught. Now into when I got into high school, where I would see like Dirk Nowitzki from Germany in the Mavericks at that time. You know what? Shoot a 17-foot jump shot. Threes uh, are probably now I've got an affinity to it, but having a 17-foot jump shot helped expand my game in high school. And I would say for everybody as well. Now it's like, you know what? Let me add this. Let me add other elements. So I would say... When every time I hear, oh, the, the big man is dead, no, it's not. It's evolving. And and it just and it just gives an opportunity to like, hey, I can yeah, I can still do all these things, but also I can dominate in the paint. And that's the, the beauty of like what international basketball does. Like, yes, they will evolve, but they also will still keep what what they what is their core, which is also have a, a post game. No, I agree. And that's the best part. Like, you know, you and I, we were taught, you know, you, you, you stuck it out and you basically fight for the points in the ba- in, in the paint. And yeah. then in high school, they kind of was kind of that rise of the, of, like you said, the Dirk Nowitzki, Steph Curry era where, you know, the essentially, like you said, the, the further out you were able to shoot and make that basket the cooler you were and the more likely you were to make the team. Whereas I was still kind of stuck in that, you know, fight it out in the paint type format. Mm-hmm. I couldn't evolve my game to the point where I could get make my basketball team, so I was cut. 
Mm-hmm. I remember that being a devastating day. But now you kind of look at it, and essentially the game that I was brought up on has evolved to this new point, and it's like, you know, if had I stuck with it, maybe I could be doing stuff like that, you know, like, because mm-hmm. it, it's really more about stuff that I was able to do on the court as a player versus what I couldn't do, which was the Steph Curry, the shots and and those three-point longer-out shots. Eventually, that probably would have developed had I, you know, worked at it, but I didn't have that process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like I said, like, the good thing is you could always, you could, you could still add that. You right. know, it's not like, oh, you have to have it. You can add it. And that's what these three guys did. They, they added a third. Heck, even with Giannis, like, He's been looking like Steph Curry against my Celtics, which I'm like, what the? But <laughs> it just shows that you put in the work and the results will come in. And that's why these guys have been doing what they have been doing. That's also why they're in the best league in the world. That's true. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and so I think that's really great. You know, the game we all love, whether we want to talk Baseball, basketball, hockey, the games we love. The reason why we have this podcast is to tell these stories. You know, okay, Alan, no one from the second round has won the MVP award. When they were, no yeah. one who was drafted in the second round has won that, that MVP award. Now we can say someone from the second round has won it back to back. And for people, it really shows. You know, we see it in the NFL. Look at Tom Brady. It really shows no matter where you're drafted, you can do whatever you set your mind to. Now, Nicole Jokic, he doesn't, you know, we, Denver fans all know, he doesn't necessarily care about those awards. He, he, he'd rather the team awards that and accolades that come for the whole team. But that being said, he's, <clears throat> he's accepting of his role and who he is. And the fact that he's from that second round, doesn't bother him and it doesn't bother anyone else like the only people mm-hmm. that bring it up are people like us who go wow look at this this has never happened before yeah no one else really cares <laughs> yeah nobody else cares especially like even i actually saw that draft and i saw his name but they never announced it because it was on they were in commercial and it was a taco bell commercial <laughs> like which i was like what the heck? Like, it brought me back to that. I was like, I bet. I was like, in my mind, I bet he's going to get upset and be like, oh, yeah? You didn't want to show me when I got presented? Okay. That's fine. We'll, we'll see in a few years. And voila. Like, it's just, like, I believe he has opened the door for anybody. Anybody, whether you're from the States or out or different country. That if you get drafted in the second round and you see what Nicola did, oh, then it's going to be like, if I can do it, if he can do it, then why not me? And I believe he just opened the door for second rounders in the NBA. Normally, we don't talk about second rounders, but they just have something that that I think we all miss. Even the best that scout them miss it, but they just... They just bring that hunger, and I believe we're going to see another second-rounder win an MVP. When did that happen? It probably won't won't happen in five years. Probably the MVP who who 
who was drafted in the second round is not even playing in the league yet. Who knows? But I believe it's going to happen again. Well, and let's let's add the fact that it might not just be second rounder. It could be third, fourth, fifth. You know what? However, the NBA has two rounds. Right, but that being said, like it could be any amount. Right, undrafted. As long or undrafted, as long as you play in the league, you you have a shot. And I think it really just depends on the effort that you put into it. And Nikola Jokic has really cemented that idea that as long as you are a great player, you work hard, you'll do fine. And that's really what we've seen is, you know, he he arguably is the best player in the league right now. You know, obviously voters thought so. They voted him back-to-back MVP. They had to – there was reasoning behind that. Otherwise, you know, he wouldn't even want one of them. You know, like – he, he's one of those top-notch players, and that being said, he's, he's getting recognized as such, you know? And that's and that's what's important here. It's not necessarily what we'll debate about here in a few minutes, but it's more about the fact that someone is getting recognized for the effort and the amount they bring to the table for their team, and that's the important part. Yeah, I won't dispute that. I definitely agree with it, and, and really, I like, all I can say about him is that he worked his tail off. He did what he was supposed to do, and and as I mentioned, he's gonna open the he's opened the door for second rounders to actually start thinking. You know what? Yeah, I got drafted in the second round, but that does not mean I can have success. There's plenty of examples of guys who got drafted in the second round and or undrafted and have done great contributions to the game. There's a lot we can mention, but obviously that will be another time and another place for that discussion. For sure. Hang on a sec here. <laughs> Looks like Brandon is getting out something. I don't know what it is. No, I'm Probably trying to something. adjust my chair here and my an old pair of shoes was in the way, so I had to move the shoe before we could keep going here. Yeah, one of those. <laughs> so, hold on. Okay. That ding is now going to transition into kind of the meat of this episode and the tight where the, the title for everyone listening will get kind of get to what it's all about is we're going to discuss today what is an MVP, who we think deserves MVP awards, what it takes to actually be considered, stuff like that. And we're kind of, because Alan and I have had this debate before, but now, and we promise we'll get back to it, but now we're kind of going to really dive deeper into it. Yeah. And we've had this discussion for, I probably would say it's been almost two years now, or actually I would even say four I, I honestly think it really, where this debate stems from between you and me is the style of sports we watch. You know, you, you're really into the basketball, soccer, where winning is very important. And while in my sports of hockey and baseball that I really have got delved into and watch, winning uh-huh. is important. But there's also more placed on different things for what's considered an MVP. So I think that because of that, we bring these different ideas to the table and they clash because 
they're they're just different. And it really, we'll leave it up to the the listeners out there. We'll put it up to a vote, you know, maybe a week after this episode is released. But follow us on social media, and you can vote with us. Will you be on the side of Alan, or will you be on my side, or will you be somewhere in the middle? We'd love that kind of feedback. But, yeah, Alan, let's let's get right into this debate here. And uh, first off, we'll just play another fun sound, and we'll go from there. Okay. I'll, you know, I like, I like sounds. I do. Which ones? I don't know, but I'll, I'll, I'll take them. All right. Let's get started. So, All right. Well, we'll, just, we'll just start off like any other debate or court okay. case type thing. We'll, prevent, All right. we'll provide opening statements and go into it. When I found out. I kind of was upset, not not at the player. I'm not this. I'm not attacking the player because Joker is outstanding. He is, he is outstanding. I think if Joker and Shaq were to play each other, I think that would be a matchup I would like to watch. How would Shaq handle someone who could dribble the ball and and do great things? I'm not disputing the player what i am disputing now is that i am a like is like an mvp like are we not we're not valuing winning anymore and i get joker got them to the playoffs yes but i just didn't feel like he what's it called like the like if he would have gotten injured denver will still be fine obviously they're, they're not the same but I think Denver would just because of how they play, how how they're all team oriented, Denver could find a way to probably pull off a, a game in in a playoff series or, or or in the regular season. They they could still pull it off. I say Embiid should have won it because you look at the Sixers how they are constituted. It's Joel the whole time. You take him out. They have no offense whatsoever. I know some are going to say, oh, but what about James Harden? Well, James Harden at the end, he is he's going to not get you to where you want to go. And I feel at times with James, it's like he's not the guy I would build around, you know? We've seen it does work, but how you, how you build around them, it's not, it's not effective. How you build Joel is... And when you don't have that big man who he can also dribble and score in the paint, you have no shot. And I felt Joel did that because I've seen the Sixers. I've probably seen a lot more Sixers games than Nuggets games. And there's your, there, your where this debate is going to stem from. Probably. Probably. Just a little bit, though. But I did see some Nuggets games as well. But the times that I've seen Joel Embiid not play, the Sixers are a completely different team. They probably won't even make the playoffs just because of how they're built around Joel. So I would say Embiid should have won it. Now, with, I would say this, though. If with the same team that's constituted for the Nuggets, if the Nuggets won 67 games and they give the MVP to Joker, even though they got ousted in the first round, like, say, they lost in six games. I would defend that. I would defend that. It happened to Dirk Nowitzki. He won 67 games. The, they had the best record in the NBA, only to get outset by the eighth seed 
Golden State Warriors at that time. I saw the whole series, and at first I didn't understand it, but then it took me around 2015 to understand, you know what? I probably would have voted for Technowitzki too. If Joker would have led six, the Nuggets to 67 wins, I would say, okay, and one MVP, I have no problem with it. But the fact that he didn't get them to 50 wins, I think I have a problem with it. And I just, I'm now I'm like, I'm like, is the NBA becoming like, is the MVP voting in the NBA becoming a little bit like baseball? We're like, oh, we're just going to vote for stats. Now, the winning, oh, yeah, sure. Like, it's, I'm like, then why not give the MVP? Why not give the MVP to someone say like Giannis? I would have had no problem with it, or give it to uh, someone like I don't know Devin Booker. Or, but still, I just did not feel like. Yes, he did enough, but because of the situation, how they like the winning, I just didn't feel it wasn't enough for me. So what I'm afraid of is that the NBA MVP voting becomes like baseball, where now. We don't care about winning. We care about stats. Okay. Like, I, I get where you're coming from. I really do. But you got to remember, Dirk Nowitzki on that team, he had, you know, players that were able to help him lead that team. He had better surrounding help than, and, that, and players that when he was not on the court, they could pick up that slack. Okay, I didn't watch a lot of 76ers games, but I have been following the league. And I can see where you're coming from, where Embiid's, like, off the court. The Sixers are a different team. Like, I really I really see that. But to say the Nuggets are not the, are the same team without Jokic truly shows you don't understand what the basketball team around in Denver is all about. Without Jokic, the, player, the Denver Nuggets, when hadn't even been the sixth seed, had and made the playoffs. They wouldn't have been able to get as far, win as many games as they did. Okay, Steph Curry last year, he's won an MVP. Last year, he had a great season, but he had no help. Do you think, you know, he would have deserved, let's say Steph Curry had the season that uh, Jokic had this year, would he have been a better MVP candidate in your head because he's won? You know, like... It's just like, for me, it's all about the fact that two of the three max contracts that the team had were out on injury. No one expected them to even make the playoffs this year. Hell, even Denver Nuggets fans didn't even expect them to make the playoffs this year. When Jokic is not on the court, the whole way the Denver Nuggets play changes. It's... Everything Denver does is through what Nikola Jokic is able to do on the court. That's how their plays are run. That's how they run in up and down the court. That's their defense, their offense. It's whatever Nikola Jokic is capable of doing and in any given situation. When he's not off the on the court, it's 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 chaos. <laughs> and so you gotta look at it, okay, you value winning. Joel Embiid, he's never made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. He's always out in the first or second round. Nikola Jokic, with the help of his team, but through him and his leadership and how amazing of a player he is, led his team to the Western Conference Finals and arguably almost to the NBA Finals that year. 
only to get rousted out by Denver's arch rival in the playoffs, the Los Angeles Lakers. So if you say you value winning, Nikola Jokic has done better in the playoffs than Joel Embiid. But are you talking, because I'm talking about this season. That's what I'm talking about. Sure. I'm like, I, I get it. But also, like, my que- like my question is then, okay, what if he would have got swept by the Warriors? Would you still give it to him? Yes, it's a regular season award. It has nothing to do with the whatever happens in the postseason. I'm just saying, because, like I said, I would defend if he won 67 games and got us in the first one. Okay, I have no problem. But it's like now, like, if he would have ever, I know, correct me if I'm wrong, but he almost, if he would have averaged a triple double and you want to give him the MVP, it would just be like, okay. I think he did. I think he averaged at least a triple double every game. We're going to have to find that out. But if he did and and got the MVP award because he averaged a triple double, then so be it. Like, then okay. It's like Russell Westbrook. It's been done before. But I just, what I'm saying is, like, not, val- it's like, we're not valuing winning. Like, I know we're valuing winning, but I think the winning is more like, oh, they're in the, as long as they're in the playoffs, they're fine. Like, it's not like, whoa, we did not see this team come around. Like, there's been plenty of examples, like the Suns of 05 when Steve Nash signed there. Nobody saw the Suns getting the best record in the NBA. And Steve Nash was a big reason why of how they played and won MVP. And I know that because I've seen it. I, I had a front row seat to, to those teams. So, and, and the same with the Bucks with Giannis. Like, yeah, they made the playoffs. Can they get better? And they answered that. He won twice and beat because of it, back to back. And I felt with them beat last year, he should have won it because the Sixers, how they were constituted, going through changes, we saw a different Joel and beat. And not taking away from Jokers. I think now, about last year, I'm over it. But I think this year, like, you're a six seed. Like, come on. Like, I, if you would have averaged a triple-double, like Russell Westbrook, okay. But he came away with 19 triple-doubles this season. I can't find anything for sure on how much yeah, he averaged per game. Season, but he, he had 76 career triple-doubles. He led the NBA this year in triple-doubles. Um, oh, he had seven assists. So he, had, he averaged a double-double, 27 and 13. Yeah, yeah so it, he had at least a double-double. Often, it was a triple-double. Like, you think about it, he had an even better year than he did last year. And if you gave him the MVP last year, and then he turns around and puts in an arguably even better season than his MVP award-winning year, how do you not give the guy another you know, MVP? Because he, he was arguably even better this year than he was last year. Yeah, that is true. He was... He was better. I and will, if you were to say he was the MVP last year and he was even better this year, how can you not say he's the MVP again this year? Man, I don't know. It's just... You can't handle the truth. Whoa, are you trying to put Jack Nicholson on me? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but really, look, I, I'm just afraid. And look, a lot of these MVP voters, so maybe they know something that I don't know, 
or probably you may know as well. I don't know, but I just felt that we're going to be like baseball. Like now we're valuing stats over, hey, the winning. Like that's why I love how soccer does it. Like say the only time where it was an, uh, an anomaly was Cristiano Ronaldo in 2013. But every year, the guy who has won the Ballon d'Or, which is like the MVP, have led teams to victory. And that's why I love about it. And I get why baseball does it. They've done it for a while. I get why hockey does it. I'm starting to understand that. Well, hockey is like that nice even balance where they put that emphasis on winning. But if, you know, let's say a player has a 100-point season, which is really hard to do, they're clearly, you know, the MVP of the season. Cause... I under, which I'm starting to get around that. But I think in basketball, like, it's always been about winning. But, all, and all, like, yeah, you can put up the stats. But if you're winning, boom, you have the attention of everybody. And, and I believe that's how it should be. And, and I just feel that, when, like, if an impact player – that was like the missing piece of a team that did not make the playoffs and they have the best record, I would award that. Because, hey, even if he didn't average, like, say, 25 a game, would he average, say, 20? He averaged, like, 27. But but let, but was impactful in other areas? I'm like, hey, that's an MVP. Because I know what happens if he's not there. So I would say I value winning. Then stats. Well, that's my opinion. I would argue if, let's say, you know, that that's a good argument. I would say, but you got to. For me, it all comes back to the stats back up the winning. If you're winning but you don't have the stats, how can you be an MVP? Because it it just doesn't track. But if you have the stats and you're winning games that you arguably shouldn't win because you have no other players there that really are there to kind of help you, um, but you're still winning. You're leading your team to the playoffs. Um, you're making what our, everyone doubted. At, at best, prediction was they were going to be the play-in. Instead, they were the sixth seed. So based on what predictions were and how they ended up, that's an improvement. At points, they were going for the fourth or fifth seed in the conference. Like, in but they lost a few games towards the end because they just didn't have enough players or pieces around Jokic to keep that team going. And they were, they were basically exhausting the guy every night because if he would go off the court, they're already down 20 points. And so he would have to come back on the court with maybe five minutes rest. <laughs> yes. Sorry for the technical difficulties. Um, we just found out our... Zoom time ran out, but we're now back in business. <laughs> what were you talking about, Brandon, about the Nuggets getting gassed at the end? Is that correct? <laughs> I think so. Let me, let, let's play a transition and I'll get back into it. All right. <laughs> Recording in progress. <laughs> All right. Sorry for the technical difficulties, but Brandon was talking about how the Nuggets were gassed at the end. But we're back in session, so Braden, the Nuggets were gas at the end. Go right ahead. Yeah, like if you look at it, Alan, Nicole Jokic especially was super gas. He had to take the the team the entire way to where they were. 
and by the time the playoffs came, I argue they could have won two or three games in that series. I don't think they would have won, but I think they could have won two or three had their starters not been as gassed as they were because if you look at their numbers throughout the year, the bench was either hit or was miss. You know, I mean, it was led by Bones Highland, who's a rookie. Um, When Boogie, uh, DeMarcus Cousins came into it, that solidified it and kind of made it help and gave it the help it needed. But it was still hit or miss every every game, you know. And that's what people following the team excuse me, always talking about is this bench is hit or miss, you know. Nikola Jokic, he he needs some help here, you know, because he just can't do it alone. And yet he did he did do it alone. Yeah, he didn't win sixty seven games. Yeah, he didn't get the number one or number two seed in the conference. But to go from a play-in to the sixth, almost fifth, fourth seed in the conference because of how you're playing, how you're averaging a triple-double a night almost, definitely a double-double, most nights just point shy of a triple. Stuff like that we haven't seen been done. And Alan, announcers for your own Boston Celtics team have called Nikola Jokic the reincarnation of Larry Bird on the court. And Larry Bird, had he had seasons like that, he would have been back-to-back MVP too, no doubt about well, it. He's won, probably, but he's already. He will mostly be an MVP because he won, and a lot, and also plus, like it helped that he had a Kevin McHale and Robert Parrish, two great Hall of Famers, and Danny Ainge, who should be a Hall of Famer. Like, yeah, I get the whole supporting cast would help. But I would say this though, and I have a, and I, I need and I have a question about this. Okay, what if someone else does exactly the like same situation as Joker and end up winning MVP? Would you have a problem with that? No, and what I'm not saying is if Joel Embiid had he won the award, I wouldn't be here going, oh poo hoo, whatever. But when you look at the resume Nikola Jokic put up, I would say that resume was arguably better than Joel Embiid's this year. And I would also argue, you know, Joel Embiid, he's really, he deserves the award. But I also think if I'm the voter, to basically campaign myself for that award basically turns me off as a voter for you to, for me to cast you my vote. And at various points throughout the season, Joel Embiid basically campaigned for himself to win the award. And I think that turned a lot of voters away from him because I think voters want to cast a vote to someone who, even if they want that award, at least publicly are humble about it when asked. They don't necessarily, they kind of brush it off. They don't really care that it's all about the team. But it just seemed in various conferences and various points throughout the season, Joel Embiid felt he, he, the need to campaign for himself to win the award. And when he didn't win the award, he, he complained about it. And, I want to say if he complained about it, he actually came out and said, you know what? I'm happy for Joker that he won. Now I'm shifting over to concentrate on getting a title for Philly. Yeah, I think he said that, but I also think he said the voters were against him or or something like that. I heard a quote where it was essentially him saying the voters were against me. They, They didn't look at what I was doing here in Philly, stuff like that. And I heard him say stuff like that a couple times. And so I'm, I'm, if he did come out and say, look, I'm happy for the guy. He he did great. Which he did. That's did even better. That. But I did see that in the Bleacher Report. Him quote him saying that. So I was like, okay, like 
Uh, but I do, I do get what you're saying. I am with you on like him campaigning because I did see that as well. I did. I was like, uh, if you're gonna campaign for an MVP, do it privately because I've seen campaigns when it comes to not just MVPs, but we're gonna win a championship, guaranteed. It doesn't work. It only worked one time. That was Pat Riley in 1980 when they won the 1987 championship, and he said. I guarantee you all, in front and at the parade, we're going to win a championship. That's probably the only time I have seen a campaign successful. And I wouldn't be Other too surprised that, if during the Bulls height, if MJ himself said next year we're winning another one. Probably, yeah, but I'm with you on that. He did campaign, and I understand if the voters were turned off because of it. I'm not going to dispute that, but what I am disputing is just that, like, I get that Joker won. Okay. I'm not disputing the player. He's outstanding. But what I am afraid is that trend to continue. I I wouldn't say I would be afraid if it continues. I think it's going to go to whoever deserves it most, whether their stats are really great like Jokic's, or sorry, Jokic's are, or if it's like, you know, they, they basically weren't expected to be the one seed, and here we are, they're the one seed. Like for LeBron, let's say, or Russ Burke, or whoever was on the Lakers this year. You know, if they come back from basically being eliminated from the playoffs before April, or was it even before February they were eliminated? But if they, one of them, basically, like, for just picking one, LeBron, if he leads that team from being eliminated before January, I think I keep going it back. I honestly don't remember when they were eliminated. Uh, they got eliminated around pretty much close to March. Yeah, it was really early. I remember that. So yeah. before anyone else was really clinching spots to the one seed, to, to home court advantage, to best thing in the league, okay, yeah, winning MVP, LeBron gets it, you know. But if the player is having a great year, great stats, he's winning games, that arguably he shouldn't win and his team shouldn't win, but he still went finding ways to win those games. I think that constitutes that winning requirement for you, Alan, but also the stats requirement because he's winning games. He arguably shouldn't win. And yet here he is winning those games. What's your limit on winning? How many games do you have to win to be considered MVP? I want to know your opinion. I would say you at least have to lead your team to the playoffs because I mean, and that's the hard part because when it comes to baseball, the playoffs were so small. But if you have a year like Mike Trout in baseball, like that's really hard to do over 162 games. Over 82, that's a lot easier. But over 162 games, that's a lot easier. But if we're talking strictly basketball, it's where it's a lot easier. Half the league makes the playoffs. you got to make the playoffs. In baseball, it's a bit different because the playoffs are a lot smaller and it's a lot harder yeah. to get into. Uh, but if we're talking strictly basketball... You yeah, have to make lead, you lead. You got to lead your team to the what's playoffs. Your what's your amount? What's your amount? I would say anywhere in the top six seeds, you don't, you can't make the play-in. You can't be, have made it through the play-in. Because if you make it through the play-in, were you really that that impressive? Okay, would your would your opinion change if the Nuggets that same stats a Joker had, but you you're in the play-in? No, like. And see, here's, here's, here's what I'm saying, Alan. 
I'm not disputing the fact that Giannis no. or Embiid had great years. Had either mm-hmm. one of them won it, I'd be going, yeah, they deserve to win that award. You know, Jokic, he had a great year. Yeah. There's no f- doubt about it. But he, you know, there, there was just a few more things. And I don't think he would have won the award had he not been the sixth seed and arguably could have been the fourth or fifth seed at one point throughout the season. I don't think he would have been awarded that. I don't. I I think the voters took that into account when they were voting. That look, he did make the sixth seed. Here we go. I don't think had he made the play in, he would have been back to back. I just don't see it. Now I could be wrong, and I know at one point around March, February, some voters came out publicly saying they were voting for him. I remember seeing that in like Denver Nuggets podcasts and followers and stuff like that in articles that it was likely. But even then, I think had he not been the sixth seed, basically before the play-in was instituted, that was the lowest of the low in the playoffs. If you made, because he made it surely without that play-in, I think they gave it to him. Had he not, I don't think he would have won it. I would. Okay. I think they would. He would have been runner-up, because it would have been like you had a great year, but this guy, he he was a bit better, and I wouldn't argue that. And I'm not arg- saying had Jonas or Joel Embiid won it. I wouldn't be sitting here going, you know, whatever, whatever. They still had great years. They could have won it, you know. But here's also my point. The the league themselves really disrespected Jokic this year because every year we've seen the MVP play on Christmas. We've seen them have this spotlight. Where was that spotlight for the MVP of Jokic this year, you know? Like, I felt like it was kind of like a six of one, half dozen of the other type situation. Yeah, you won the MVP. Great. Here you go. But these other guys are better. You know, it's like he's the league's MVP. Give him that spotlight like you would any other MVP. And that, I, I would, like that, come on. Like, I would, I would say you vote him as MVP and you don't give him the Christmas game. But I don't know what happened. I wish I could know why. But I don't, we don't work for the league office or the scheduling department. So we have no answers on that. But I, if you ask me the limit, like the winning, how much, how many games do you have to win? I'm going to be generous. I would say 53 games. No, and that's fair. Be gen- I'm generous. Because that would put you about the fourth or fifth seed in, in the playoffs, depending on how the league goes. 54. But obviously, if you go above that, then, all right, you're the MVP. And, and all, but I, I still stand by what I stand. And... I, like, yeah, you can have all the stats of the world, but if you're not winning, if you're not, like, elevating, because when it's a superstar, you have to ask more, and you know that, Brayden. Dude, they asked more out of him than they had any other season, and he delivered. Yeah. He was gassed. The, they were basically swept because the team was too gassed to even continue up this big fight for the game, the league. Yeah. That Jokic was like, okay, we're not, we don't deserve to be swept. Came in and got, got that one win to delay it to the fifth game. Like if that doesn't scream MVP, he basically won that game on his own. That fourth, that fourth game to lead it to go five games. Mm-hmm. He won that game because he decided he was going to win it, despite how gassed he was. <laughs> like yeah, you and can't, that's that's, and that's what that's MVPs like, do. Yeah, like you don't want to get swept, so it's like, hey. If I'm, or at least, hey, if I'm gonna get swept, I'm, I'm going down swinging. Swinging, yeah, exactly. So, it's a lot, and I think even for Embiid, who, like, and 
he had to deal with the Ben Simmons saga, which I know it's it's a different story, but still, like, you, we, I saw for the first time, like, Joel respond, like, you know what? We don't need him. We'll be fine. We'll figure it out. And I think that, to me, is also a quality of an MVP. And then Giannis, like, with – there were several players that were injured. He did his best as well, and now look where they're at. So – no, and on that point, Alan, what was it? No, on that point, both Giannis and Jokic, they, their teams had very bad injuries to players that arguably their supporting cast that would have made their years a lot easier. And so, honestly, Joel had a great season, but I honestly think, based on how I view things, it should have been Jokic, Giannis, then Embiid, based on how things went. Embiid, he still had that supporting cast around him. And Beat still had that. Well, I'm just going off of how the events actually went out, and like how we know Jokic won, so he would he still has to be first. But despite that, I would have had it that way just because of you know Giannis did so much with that Bucks team, despite having critical injuries to players that could have led that team to go do even better and have a bit better positioning for the playoffs. And Beat he had that supporting cast all year round, and I think. That should have been taken into account, but I also understand why it it it, it waited to or why it went out because arguably the year stat wise was better for Embiid than Jonas. So I I see why it went that way, but I'm just saying based on how I view things and how I define most valuable player, it should have been one, two, three, Jokic, Antetokounmpo, and Embiid. Okay, that's fair enough. I probably say Giannis. Embiid, Joker. That's just my opinion. And as I said, I'm not disputing the player. I'm not criticizing the player. I'm just criticizing the voting system when it comes to the MVP. That's just my only concern. How how it's done? You want to? They want to come at me? Okay, I have no problem. I'm just letting you know. Like, I hope this isn't like you want to award to Joker the MVP. Okay. But also you gotta understand, like you gotta win. Like put all those stats in the wall. I could, like you could even have thirty, average thirty points a game. But if you're not at least top, I would say top three, then then you have no shot. Uh, you're you're not a finalist for an MVP. Doesn't matter if you're winning, like or you're not gonna win the MVP. So I value winning. Stats and winning, uh, it's, it's, it's a fine line. I think I they need say, to go hand in hand, and they often do. Yeah, they often do, yes. But if you can do both and lead your team to, say, a top two, top three finish, okay, you're considered for MVP. Yeah, and I, I agree to that. Um, and it sounds like we're winding down here, so we'll play. We'll have our outro going. And it really, I think it just comes down to, to the listeners out there, how do you define most valuable player? What sticks out to you when you're looking at, okay, yeah, this guy should be MVP, this guy shouldn't, stuff like that. You've heard, and most often not, it'll fall into one of these two categories Alan and I presented today. Now, this conversation will op- is never done. Well, we debate about this all the time. If you like stuff yeah. like this, Reach out, let us know. We'll continue let doing stuff. Know. And then plus, this debate is going to continue even after we're long gone from this planet. 
It really yeah, does. Our, our children are going to debate it. Our grandchildren, great-grandchildren, you name it, they're going to debate it. They, they really will. And I think it really just comes down to market size, how you kind of view that a little bit. I mean, and that emphasis is placed because of how your market is and how the team is in that market. I think that plays a role into how you view it a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I also think it comes from the main sports you watch. And that's, that's also come, come into play here. Yep, I definitely agree with that. Well, we'll come back at you next week, everybody. We'll uh, we'll discuss whatever we come up with. Uh, maybe Pretty we'll have an interview. Playoffs. We'll discuss a lot of the teams, the international stars that are killing it in the hockey world, along with um, also the NBA playoffs. We we got a couple of international stars involved in Game Sevens and potentially conference finals. So we will talk about them and and also just probably have a new haircut, hopefully by next week. <laughs> hopefully. If not, then, like I said, probably till some other time. And with that, we'll write it out, everybody. Stay safe. Go outside, smell some grass. It's great. Yes. And have yes, a great day. Is.